Hi guys, and welcome to Thrive and Survive, a podcast about creatives who are trying to navigate how to balance their art, money, friends, family, and anything else that comes their way. We'll be talking about their motivation, mindset, creative process, and the challenges that they face while they focus on their artistic goals. I'm Cece Peterson, and my guest today is actor and writer Kat Lonsdale. We talk about what it's like working in Australia versus Canada, which is where she is now, her creative processes in both writing and acting, as well as how she maintains a strong and positive mindset in a sometimes uncertain industry. Let's do it. So I am sitting here on Zoom with Kat Lonsdale. Thank you so much for making the time to chat with me. Of course. I'm super excited. And now you're actually talking to me from Vancouver. Um, We worked out the time differences. We're making it work. And you're an actor in Vancouver. Is that right? Living living there, working there? Yes, I am. I'm an actor slash writer. Uh, Yeah, living in Vancouver. Amazing. And how long have you been living there for? Um, so just coming up my three-year anniversary. Oh, uh, congratulations. Thank you. Yes. Um, I always have a little celebration, like it's, you know, my relationship with Vancouver. So I always have <laughs> an anniversary cel- cel- celebratory drink or something. On uh-huh. that day. Um, but, yeah, it's crazy to think that it's been three years. It's gone very, very quickly. Yeah. What was the kind of moment... Was this always the plan to go to Vancouver or did it kind of just pop up as an opportunity? What was the decision that led you to get on that plane and move everything there? Um, A couple of things. I'd always decided that I wanted to live overseas at some point in my life. Um, And Vancouver was never a blip on my radar. I had always wanted to go to London. Um, I had been to London a couple of times before and um, my background primarily was in theatre I had um, done the summer course at RADA one year and I really loved it. And I was like, yep, I'm going to move to London. I think London is the place. Um, And then slowly I started hearing people talk about Vancouver and Vancouver's like really great for film and television. And and I wasn't really into as much of the film and television side of things. Um, But then basically I found a fantastic screen coach. I'm sure everybody knows the wonderful Les Chantry and he completely uh, flipped my perspective on screen acting. And after that, I was like, right, I want to, you know, like film and TV is is my jam. That's what I want to do. And it's funny. I was actually, I was in the back of a tuk-tuk in Sri Lanka, which I know is a really quite (laughs) random place where I had the epiphany, but I was I was, t- I was visiting my friend who actually lives in Sri Lanka and we had just sort of been talking about London versus Vancouver and, and what I was feeling. And I just remember it was like, it sounds so po- poetic. It was a really beautiful balmy night and we were driving in this tuk-tuk and we were going sort of like through this like rice field thing and I just went, I think Vancouver. And I basically, when I got home from that trip, I applied for the visa and I was packed up and gone within about four months. Amazing. It's crazy. I actually think that when you're traveling, that's when you have the most clarity because you're, you're away from everything and your brain can percolate. And then all these epiphanies come and you're like, what? Of course. Why did I not even see that from this tuk-tuk in Sri Lanka? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's just that distance from your sort of like daily routine and daily life just, yeah, it gives you that perspective. Um, Yeah. And I'm curious, what's the, 
And I know Canadians really hate to compare it to America, but I know that if you're an Aussie and you want to go to America, you have to get a particular type of visa to work as an actor or in the performing arts or entertainment. Is it the same kind of thing for Canada or is it a little more straightforward as in, I guess that Australian have that relationship so you can go over and it's easier to work, I imagine? Yeah, so it's really handy that Australia and Canada are obviously both part of the Commonwealth and so they have a reciprocal um, work visa. Uh, It's called the International Experience Canada, I believe. Um, And it's basically, when I applied for it, you had to be under 30, but they actually, um, they raised the age limit too. So anyone under the age of 35 can have a two-year work holiday visa. Um, and you can basically balance between as much work and travel as you like. And there's really no restrictions on Mm. what you're able to do. Um, In terms of coming here on that visa as an actor, um, depending on what type of productions you're auditioning for, um, they do require you to be a landed immigrant or a citizen. um, Okay. Because it all comes down to kind of like the tax breaks and things. Uh, but if you come here and if you're smart and you're savvy and you're good at, your, at what you do, it's not really an issue um, too much, I think. But, yeah, it's a lot easier to just get in the country and to get, get an agent and to get seen in comparison to America for sure. Yeah. And so when you did land and you were kind of starting to set yourself up in the industry there what was that process like like did you have anyone that you knew or any leads in terms of agents or people you might turn to for help or did you kind of figure it out from zero and would work your way up till you found that network um I'd say it's probably a little bit of both I feel I kind of I knew no one when I came here and I think I sort of came with the perspective of I'm just going to stay open and as positive as possible and kind of, I guess, blind faith and dumb luck kind of led (laughs) the right people, I think, across my path. Um, So, so for example, um, one story I like to tell is that on my plane ride over here, I sat next to a Canadian lumberjack um, who works up on Grouse Mountain, which is a big tourist attraction here. And I thought that lumberjack, lumberjacks weren't even real. Like I thought, they were, <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was like a stereotype that didn't really exist. But yeah. um, he had then introduced me to sort of like a circle of people within sort of like the theatre industry. And then I met another girl who introduced me to her agent. And um, it kind of like stuff just fell into place very easily. And I'm very well aware that it's not that easy for everyone. And I've definitely um, had other people who've come here and have really uh, struggled. Um, But I think sometimes it's just a little bit about your attitude um, and being open and and get and putting yourself out there. Mm. And I want to hear more about kind of your Australian work before, um, you know, later, but I'm just curious about the difference of going to Australia, sorry, from Australia as an actor to Vancouver as an actor. Is there any stark differences that were that made it easier or harder or you weren't expecting or it was a lovely surprise that just kind of shook it up when you got there and you weren't really ready for that, whether good or bad, just curious the differences. Um, well, obviously the accent. 
Um, of course. Going yeah. In, yeah, that's I'd probably say that's the biggest thing. And I always went into auditions with an American accent. I would never go in letting them know that I was Australian, even though if you looked at my CV, it's like it's pretty obvious. And uh, why, just sorry to interrupt you, why is that? Like, obviously, that's a kind of choice. Is that just to help them to be able to connect you? to their roles a bit easier or they favoured American accents? Um, I was always told that if you go in and if you introduce yourself with your sort of like natural accent, then when you're putting, like when you're doing an American accent, they're looking for the fault in your accent rather than Uh, focusing on your acting. Yeah. Um, And there was a part of me that got, had to kind of get used to because I felt like a fraud um trying to talk like me like being me but talking with an American accent was weird and so I'd always feel like that general kind of like conversation with casting or whatever I felt like a fraud because I was really trying hard not to show that I was Australian but then I was just like well I'm taking away a part of my identity yeah thinking everything way too much and I know some people that are um that are Aussies that don't care and they just go in whatever, but that was just something that was in um, the back of my mind that it was a choice that I, that I kind of made, I guess. And did you Um, always kind of find it like, had you already kind of nailed or got your way on with the American accent or was that something that was hard or hard to pick up? Um, What was your experience learning that? Because I know a lot of people, some people can kind of naturally pick it up and obviously you have to work at it, but others it's like, just doesn't kind of connect with them. Yeah, um, I, uh, I've thought about this a little bit and I actually put it down to um, doing music theatre from a young age. Mm. I, you know, I started doing musicals when I was like 12 or 13 and musicals were often American and so I would already be doing an American accent in these musicals and I didn't even really register until a while later when I started doing it, they were like, oh, your accent's really good. And, I mean, this is awful, but I've, I've never had an accent class. That's I've not awful. It. That's great. You've got, feel, like, <laughs> no, but I feel like that's, you know, I feel like, you know, you should be, like, working with a dialect coach and, like, you know, really nailing it kind of thing. But I've kind of, I've, I've gotten this far without having to have a lesson um, and I guess having a good ear and, yeah, yeah I, said, I really think musical, doing musicals from a young age, I would just flip in and out of different accents and things. Well, I guess Not- back then it's like still that play. You know how there's like the difference between play and work? Like oh, probably when you were doing those, it's just like, oh, I'm just going to try to do the accent. It'll be really fun to be American. And then maybe later on when you have to do it for work, it's for people who start then, it's it's so like, that's right, that's wrong. I'm not getting it. I don't sound natural. Whereas if you've already got that fluid relationship with it, then it's probably easier just to let go and see where it takes you instead of being like, oh, it, you know, like making sure your vows yeah. are perfect. <laughs> yeah. And then I started, and then also being here, basically you, I get put forward for anything to do with an accent because they go, well, if you're Australian and you could do an American accent, basically anything like I've done stuff that's had oh I mean I had to do a Kiwi accent for a voiceover I had to I've done German I've done French and English um yeah they're kind of just like well if you can do one you can do them all (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and so you were just talking about your kind of history in musical theatre. What were your early your early days like? Like, were, did you always go, "I want to be an actor. This is going to be what I do," or um, did it come to you? At what point did that come to you that that's like your goal? Um. I think I always wanted to be involved in performing in some way, shape or form from a very young age. Um, I just thought it was magic what actors did and the stories that they told. And I was always creating my own little plays um, and I was in every, like, dance class, drama class, everything you could possibly imagine. I just loved it. And so then when I left high school, um, I sort of had this, um, you know, oh, so now I have to like grow up and I can't do any of that stuff anymore because that's what kids do. And yeah, that's just um, fun. Yeah, but I <clears throat> became miserable very, very quickly. <laughs> and I realized that I, you know, I went to uni and I studied psychology and which is very close to acting. I think psychology, studying psychology has done more for me as an actor um, than, than some other, you know, some other things, just yeah. even just being able to be aware of your own sort of like mental state and, yeah. um, you know, coping with rejection and how you can kind of like take care of your mind. I think, I think every actor should do a psychology degree personally. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, it was kind of, yeah, just after high school when I realised that I couldn't do anything else, I tried and I just, I was miserable and this was just, this is what I had to do and I just had to find the way to make it work. And did you find yourself, like, your fa- friends and family were quite understanding of that or were they of the school of go get a job and da 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 <laughs> Um, my friends, very understanding, um, because they're all actors and artists in various shapes and forms. Um, my family, it took them a little while to get used to the idea. I think, um, they're very academic. Um, my dad worked in education, um, and my mom's a physiotherapist. And so they were very much of the mind of you should, you know, you should, you need stability and that kind of stuff. Um, and my brother's like a lawyer and, <laughs> and, you know, is, is very super successful and, and followed that kind of path. But I think when they realized that I just couldn't do anything else, they're, they're very supportive, um, yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. And so you got your start in theater, you said you were saying, um, where when you were talking about your shift then into screen and you went to the you met with your Les Chantry what was the thing that they said or did or happened that made you realize that screen was its own thing in its own right like what's the core differences and the the things that draw you to both um I loved uh this is hot um I know the thing that made me flip was that some of the screen teachers that I'd had in the past you know coming from theater I was told I was like too loud and too big and my face was too express expressive and I moved too much and so then I felt like I was just like restricted Mm. put in this tiny box and I couldn't do anything that made me me um but Les was wonderful in basically 
explaining is just like life in a mid shot and just be you. Um, and you're still a living and breathing person. And so it was more like he gave me permission to do things rather than other screen coaches who were just told me to not do everything. Um, so that was sort of like the, the turning point in there. Um, I mean, I love the stage. I love plays. I love, um, I guess sort of what the medium of theater is and that magic, it's the actor's medium. It's us telling the story. It's us being able to have that immediate connection with the audience. It's the difference between the shows every single night. It's the constant discovery of new things, which still, you know, obviously happens in film and television, but it's a different beast. Like it's very like quick and there's a million things that they have to set up and you're like the final piece of the puzzle that you Mm. go into this thing and they're like, okay, go. And you've got kind of like, you know, a couple of chances to kind of get it right. And then like you pray to God that the director got whatever they needed and then you moved on and Mm. it's, I feel like the adrenaline in in film and TV is very different as opposed to the long rehearsal process and and performances it is is, is doing theatre. But I did a lot of Shakespeare as well and it's just, it's the classic stuff, you know. And it's also experimental theatre. Like I think that I really miss the theatre scene. Vancouver doesn't have a very uh, strong theatre scene in comparison to Sydney Um, and I think... I mean, obviously, in our current climate, everything's a little bit shut down. Yes. Um, but, <laughs> um, but the independent theatre scene in Sydney is phenomenal. Um, and, you know, how they're pushing the boundaries and telling different stories and how it's adapting and shifting constantly and and reinventing itself and challenging itself is is amazing and that's something that I think that only comes from theatre. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm curious, I'm just to ask about money, if that's okay, um, the difference between Sydney and Vancouver or Australia um, and Canada, is it kind of easier to make a living as an actor in Vancouver or Sydney or similar or same, same, but different? <laughs> um, hmm. Like for uh, your personal experience, obviously everyone will have different ups and downs, but I'm wondering, has that been something to balance evenly or it's been quite yeah. Um So I've definitely made more money here than I did in Sydney. Um I booked, I mean, and I mean, it's mainly from like commercial stuff and that's where like the big money is. Um, I would say that in terms of like living expenses, Vancouver is, Vancouver is a very expensive city. I'd say it's on par with Sydney. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, the minimum wage here is a lot lower. I think minimum wage in um, BC is around, I want to say Thirteen or fourteen dollars, right? Yeah. Um, so obviously, uh, you have to have something to subsidize your acting work. Um, you know, even I have friends who are on long-running television series, series regulars, and they still have to have side jobs to subsidize their acting. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, there's definitely more work here and you definitely, you there's a lot more opportunity. Um, 
it's yeah. Yes. Yeah. Does that answer the question? <laughs> no, yeah, I totally get what you mean. Yeah. But, um, and so you mentioned also that you were doing writing as well. What kind of stuff is that kind of film TV writing, um, theatre writing? Have you always kind of dabbled in that or since becoming an actor that you've kind of been unleashed into that world as well? Um. No, I've always loved writing. I've I've written, I'm currently writing, I've kind of got a lot of things on the go at the moment. I'm writing a short film, a feature film, as well as a one-woman show. Wow. Um, kind of like a, yeah, I don't know. I kind of, I get lots of ideas. Um, I'd like to finish one idea, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is sort of like the struggle that we all have. For sure. Um, but uh, no, I've always I've always loved to write, and I've always loved like playing with words. Um, I do. Uh, I've always yeah. I've I've just always loved language and the stories and things like that. And I think that it's important to it's important as an actor to be able to create your own work. But I think it's also important to train and educate yourself in whatever your slashy is. Like if you're an actor slash director, then I think that you need to train yourself as a director properly rather than being like, well, people are telling me that I need to create my own stuff. So I'm just going to do it. Um, Right. Like actually take the skill and follow it through, not just bits and bobs till you've got your own stuff going on. Yeah. And, and, you know, and yes, you can learn through experience and all that sort of thing. I just, I remember one time, I can't remember what what the conversation was, but it's like if someone who was a director suddenly decided one day that they wanted to be an actor, but they believed that they had to do no training to do it. Mm -hmm. Kind of like disrespectful to the craft, I believe, of acting. And I feel like in, in the same way, actors should also respect the other crafts rather than being like, I, I am an actor and a writer, but I've never done a writing course or I've never, like, you know, trained or read or done anything, but I'm just going to do it. Yeah. I think you do need that gung-ho nature, but you do also have to train and educate yourself properly to be able to earn the title of what you're saying that you are. Yeah, instead of just adding it on after a slash and hoping yeah. for the best, yeah. So what's, yeah. Your, what's your writing process like? Like, do you work by yourself? Do you collaborate? do you kind of make a schedule for yourself or just write as it kind of comes to you, the inspiration? Um, I work with, um, for my screenplay and my short film, I work with a script consultant um, and she's been really fantastic in holding kind of me accountable to myself Mm -hmm. um, and really wonderful in, um, like giving me feedback and especially when like you get so your writing can be so personal and sometimes when you get so wrapped up in it you can't see anything else um and sometimes you need you know you need to squash the butterfly as much (laughs) as you're trying to like desperately hold on to this thing sometimes it's you know you can't or I don't know or kill your darlings kill your your darlings like yeah let it go so it can be even better (laughs) 
Yes. And that was definitely something that I had to learn. Mm. Um, I've become better at my sort of self-discipline in writing. Like I make sure that I, you know, am writing, even if it's for 10 minutes every day, but just doing something every day for it. Um, And then other days I can lose an entire day to it. Um, when it's coming to my one woman show, I am doing that on my own at the moment. I have a really wonderful support network here. And, um, I have a friend who's just like, whenever you're ready, we'll do table read (coughs) and read it in front of an audience and that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's just completing it. That's the biggest demon is because we can all start and we all have you know, wonderful ideas that are going to be the best plays and the best films and things. But if you can't finish the damn thing, then what good is it to anyone? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do you find it like hard to put that finished stamp on things like, okay, now it's ready to be seen? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I feel like everyone like, cause as soon as that's putting it out there, right. It's like, I'm done now here it is. And then I guess that's when people can comment or give their opinion. Yeah, and but then even it's funny. Even when I do like send stuff out to people to be read, by the I I still keep working on it, and so then by the time it comes back, it's different anyway. Yeah, from when it kind of just started in some yeah. way before, or I finally realized this one thing. So it's like as soon as you send it out, you have that like light bulb moment of oh, that was the problem that I needed to solve. Come back, come and, back, give it back. And what about your acting process? Like, do you have a particular technique that you subscribe to and utilize in all of your auditions and performances, or do you kind of see what each particular scene requires? What, where, how do you approach that? Um, depends how much time I've got. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's the thing here is that if you've got an audition, you generally find out, you know, at six o'clock the night before and you're going in at 10 o'clock the next morning. Mm -hmm. And if you're working and then you get home and you've kind of got very little time to, um, you know, to spend, to spend on it. It's, it's kind of, you just sort of have to rely on a couple of sort of like your go-to kind of things. I um, I would say that uh, a couple of different things. Respecting the writer and the words that are on the page and coming at it from analysing the work as a writer, as it sounds funny, but I found that that's a really quick way into understanding how the scene is structured how it's broken down into its acts, where the climax is, what's the moment, what does the other character need? The the counterpoint, I guess, is one term that one of my acting coaches uses, um, you know, and the conflict and all that sort of thing. There's a few kind of like I have a series of questions basically that I ask myself as I read through it. And generally by the time I've finished asking myself the questions, I've kind of memorised it anyway mm-hmm. by just, doing the work on it so I don't just like go okay so the first thing I have to do is memorize it I I find that it happens automatically um but I've just started working with a new screen coach and and his process is really interesting he basically hands me the sides when I walk in the door and it's just like you've got five minutes to memorize it and it's much more like very instinctual 
it doesn't give you it doesn't give room for the bullshit basically right Um, there's no doubting or second guessing it's go (laughs) do it and it takes a lot of the overthinking if you're an over if you're an actor who overthinks which is I'm sure like (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it's a it's 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 been a fascinating experience seeing how you cope like how, how you work under pressure and what comes out and it's it's actually much more fun in that way I've found at least so far. Well, I guess um, it's a surprise for you as well, right? Like it's not too over-rehearsed or too over yeah. anything. It's like, oh, that's what happened? <laughs> yeah, and it's just it just is. It's just is what it is in the moment and yeah. it's nothing's contrived about it because there's it can't be because there's no time for it to be. Yeah. And so what's kind of your future vision you know where do you want I guess one your career to head and two are there any areas with your writing or your acting that you particularly want to work on and develop over the next whatever amount of time like five years (laughs) so when you first started asking that question I was about to shout out world domination (laughs) (laughs) well that's doable as well it can any any vision not just with your acting career (laughs) yeah um I mean there's a part of me that thinks like small goals, small attainable goals are great at first um, because then it's something that you can actually achieve. You know, I feel like booking a, a recurring or series lead on a TV series, he would be great. I mean, I think that there is just so much, so much stuff is filmed here um, and the roles for women in particular, which was actually something I was going to reference uh, refer to in one of your earlier questions about the difference between Canada and Australia mm. is definitely um, the diverse nature and the variety of roles that are available for women. Um, you know, it's just, yes, you have series that are, you know, there's just, there's a lot of strong female characters. There's a lot of really interesting characters, the variety of genres from, you know, all of, of the sci-fi kind of stuff and the CW superhero stuff and, mm. um, you know, everything in between. There's a lot more range of what is filmed here um, in in comparison to Australia. But, yeah, just having a, you know, a series lead is, would be great. Um, uh, my partner runs a production company and he's uh, sort of like director, writer, producer, so he's a bit more behind the scenes and so I think... In terms of our world domination, I'd, <laughs> I'd I'd love to be able to for him and I to work to produce you know wonderful, interesting stories. Um, yeah, I've always had a thing for Xavier Dolan. I've always wanted to work with him, um, and he's Canadian. He's from Quebec. I don't know. That was always just like a little thing in the back of my mind. Just like one day I'd like to be in a position where I could work with Xavier Dolan. I don't know if I'm his cup of tea, but I like him. Yeah. Amazing. That's so exciting. I can't, um, I can't wait to see where everything goes. You know, I feel like you've got good momentum, you know, you're just going for it. That's great. Yeah. You kind of, you just have to, and you just don't, if you, if you're not moving, (laughs) that's a really dumb thing to say if you're not moving you're staying still which is obvious (laughs) no but I get what you're saying like it's not like the industry stops for you like if you got to get on that wave and keep riding it and adjusting and seeing where that wave takes you right 
Yeah. And there's been so many times where I thought that something was small and insignificant and it ended up leading somewhere where I never expected it to be. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's exciting. You just kind of, yeah, you've got to keep, keep doing it. (laughs) And is there, and I always ask people this just out of curiosity, is there anything that has come up as a a recurring personal hurdle for you? Like something that maybe it's not as easy to get over or move past and you have to kind of make friends with it to deal with more regularly. You know, like some people that might be um, say like the fear of sharing their work, like that's the thing that they have to kind of talk themselves around to each time. Is there something that kind of has popped up for you that you've overcome or work to overcome? Um, yeah. Um, I would say my age um okay. yeah I I mean I've just turned god how old am I I've just turned 32 mm-hmm. and so I think that when I turned you know when I turned 30 I was just like oh yeah okay all right we're here like let's keep going and I guess the perception around age especially as a woman in film and tv and if you haven't gotten x so far by mm. the age of 30, then you're basically, you know, sent out to pasture kind of thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but to be honest, I, I have met so many amazing um, female actors here who are in their late 30s, early 40s, 50s that are working like and working constantly. Mm. And um, I was incredibly insecure about it and constantly being you know oh no I'm not I'm not that old and you know anytime I get a brief and I'd see that the role was for like someone in their late 30s I'd be like no 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 that's me I'm still like I'm still you know mid mid 20s and that kind of thing um but it's it's kind of yeah I don't really care about it anymore and did something happen that like something you did or a moment where you're like, actually that doesn't matter because I'm working and that's what matters. Um, I think it was, it was a conversation um, with a friend of mine and she was struggling a little bit. Well, I mean, I guess it was a negative that it was a positive that came out of a negative. Hmm. She was, she, she was talking about how it doesn't really sort of like matter what age or what part of your career you're at when you're not working you're kind of like back in the same pile as the rest of us sort of Mm. thing um and sort of like from that conversation it it sort of like made it clear that we're sort of like we're all in the same boat but then also she's been at it for such a long time and even um uh her sort of like going through this sorry I just got a notification but you disappeared for a second sorry oh, it's okay. um, <laughs> um even her sort of like having gone through this and she came out the other side and you know she then booked like a whole sort of like string of work and things it was just like oh even though we all go through this no matter who you are coming out the other side and still being able to book again like it'll be okay mm-hmm. and you know, she's a lot older than me and and that kind of like I guess put to rest a bit I don't know I don't know if that was a specific thing just took the pressure of that being the defining part of the career your career yeah and I think it's something that not a lot of people talk about Mm -mm. like all that exists yeah yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And do you have anything coming out or anything um, coming up soon that you kind of want to share that we can all follow you and see what you're up to? Um, yeah, I was in, um, it was a short film that's now sort of like a proof of concept that they're hoping to get to series. It was an all-female Western called Last Stand Nowhere. Amazing. Uh, yeah, it was lots of fun. It's currently doing the film um, festival circuits. Um, it's been played all around the world. It was supposed to be played in Melbourne, but I think it's been cancelled, obviously. Yeah of the current situation yeah. which is sad but I think um yeah it's uh it was a lot of fun it was a um a reimagining of Gunfight at the OK Corral which I don't know if uh many Australians know because <laughs> I guess our it's funny coming here like the western is such a big thing um and it's sort of just like it's a genre that everyone knows and everyone loves I feel like it's a little less well known in Australia yeah um, but yeah, it was lots of fun. I got to run around like a dirty, cheeky cow girl. And, um, That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Oh, amazing. Well, I'm just so grateful that we got to chat and you could come onto the podcast. I think the positive out of being everything changing is in, I used to always just go and physically meet people, but now with the technology, you can chat to all these awesome Aussies overseas and in other parts of the country. So thank you so much for making the time to chat. It's been awesome to hear about your career. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. It's been uh, yeah, lots of fun. It has. Thanks so much. You can find Kat on Instagram at Kat Lonsdale or check out her IMBD profile at imbd.me forward slash Catherine Lonsdale. Thanks for listening. And I'm excited to bring you along to meet some more interesting people who are balancing the art of making art. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at thrive and survive podcast, or check out the website thrive and survive podcast.squarespace.com. And that's it for now. You've been listening to thrive and survive. See you in the next episode.